Hi y'all, this is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer that this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. Then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement this week. You can also find me at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. Let's get started. This week, I'm super excited to share with you two of the OG's homeschool gurus in Southern California, as well as two of my favorite people, Carolyn and Martin Forte, the founders of Excellence in Education in Southern California. Now you can find them at excellenceineducationhomeschooling.com. Now their specialty areas include out-of-the-box approaches, different learning styles, special needs homeschooling, delayed academics, importance of play, and of course my favorite, the game curriculum that they created. They are one of the most fun homeschooling leaders I have ever worked with and one of the most outspoken homeschooling advocates I've ever met. I know you're going to love this interview with Carolyn and Martin Forte. Hey guys, I'm so excited to talk with you today. You're like one of my favorite people, but you know that. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Thank I think, you. Thank you. But I think one of my favorite things is the ability for me to come into EIE and just pick your brain on homeschooling stuff or when I was in the thick of it to come and you would troubleshoot with me. So I'm super excited that I can pick your brain right here and now exactly. and share it with all That's the moms. Michelle said today, so <laughs> pick your brain, pick your brain, get you through the crises. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I'm going to pick your brain today. So thank you for joining us. Awesome. All right. So first pleasure. of all, I love, I love, I love on your uh, resource center, your website, your motto. And it says the home of homeschooling freedom. That's fabulous. And I think it really sums you guys up. I think it sums up your mission, your philosophy, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yes. But tell us a little bit more about yourself, your family, and your homeschooling business and ministry. Ah, well. How many hours do you have? <laughs> we just died this condensed version. We start with how we started. Okay. Oh, dear. Can I make this quick? Yes, five um, minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, it really started when... Um, our eldest was four and I was getting panicky because I didn't want her to ever go to a public school and I couldn't afford a private school. And my thought was, well, I guess I can get a job teaching at the private school, you know, so that she could go to it. But then what do I do with the little one? So I was all panicky and a neighbor gave me a magazine and asked me to read an article. And I, ha I don't have any memory as to what that article was, but the next article was about homeschooling by John Holt, who was a pioneer homeschool advocate. And I read his uh, the article and it just kind of light bulbs went off and I was, oh my goodness. And Martin said, hey, we can do this. 
And so my neighbor and I, it was sly. See, she didn't ask me to read the article about homeschooling, (laughs) but she set it up. So I would. And so we, we started the first homeschool group in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, And um, that was 19, it was 81. When we started, we, we joined a group out in Pacific Palisades and then the next year, 82, I guess it was, we started the group here in the San Gabriel Valley. And that has then mushroomed and morphed and grown into, um, I don't know, maybe a dozen or more homeschool groups by now, um, probably a couple dozen. <laughs> and that, so that's how we started, um, just thinking that this could be a whole lot better than the schools. Absolutely. And, you know, it's amazing how when you're meant to be doing something, all the chips fall into place. Yep. So we've had now 30 years of being in business and chips kept on falling in the right place. So we did start homeschooling our kids. And a few years later, people were starting to notice how happy we were and how successful we were with our kids. And our kids are an interesting story because there's a lot of lessons to homeschooling built into our kids. Now, Tanaya, when she was 10 years old, wanted to be a pilot. And so we integrated aviation into everything we could with the various subjects. Mm -hmm. And when we were raising our girls, I had a real job and I had a very heavy travel schedule attached to my job. I was gone a lot. And a lot of times I'd go field trip <laughs> and they're going, where are you going, dad? Seattle for two weeks. Okay, we'll come. And we hit every air museum we could find, including the big, massive Boeing museum in Seattle. And, and any other attraction or anything. I mean, we just used it as a giant <clears throat> learning opportunity. Right. We learned to take the bus to get around. We um, we went to the Pikes Market, which is a whole field trip in itself. Um, lots of different things. And we did that for all the travels. So he didn't just go to the Northwest. He went to Arizona. Um, and we would go whenever it was practical and just turn it into, we'd see every every zoo, every, um, every field trip kind of opportunity, we'd grab it. And this independent travel and the ability to teach the kids how to use public transportation came into real good use by Tanaya because when she, at 10, be a pilot, at 12, be a missionary. Fast forward to age 20, She's the first woman pilot to fly with the aviation team with um, Africa Inland Missions in Kenya. So that's Tanaya, a totally wonderful young lady. Today, she's married to an airline pilot, lives on a farm. They have horses and they're just having a great time. Now, Tanaya, if you were to visit the Navajo Reservation, (laughs) she would fit right in. She's dark complected. She's got brown hair. We were visiting a missionary friend on the Navajo Reservation in Arizona. And this grandma comes up to Tanaya and starts talking to her in the native tongue. Now, Tylene, 
And her little was, friend had to say, no, Grandma, she's not Navajo. <laughs> <laughs> now, the fun part here is that we get the lesson of never, ever, ever compare. Because Tylene is about as white as a snowflake. She had platinum blonde hair. And she was always about a year behind Tanaya on meeting certain marks. Age equals certain marks. And we had to treat Tylene a little bit different. And Tanaya was great going all the way through homeschooling. Tylene, she was born with this genetical predisposition to party 101. <laughs> and we had to bring that into the mix. So, so she spent her last two years of high school at Western Christian High School. But what happened there, we talk about the timing and putting people in certain places. The timing was such that she took an apologetics class at Western. Mm -hmm. That was a, a life changer for her. And today she's married, has a degree in theology, has three kids, and she's uh, pastor of women's ministries to Skyline Church down in San Diego. So she's, the both my girls are doing great. But now a lot of times people wonder, am I doing it right? Mm -hmm. And they get so used to the silly school at home model where, oh, by age five, you got to read. Mm -hmm. Well, Tanaya did not learn to read until she was eight, eight and a half. And Tylene was what, 10? She was 10 and a half before she read anything. And so that helped us create this, this kind of a theology of getting away from traditional academic protocols. I learned an enormous amount from Dr. Raymond Moore, and I still recommend him because I, yeah, there are, there are a lot of good authors about homeschooling, lots of fabulous ideas, lots of ideas that aren't so fabulous. Uh, there's probably too much information out there, but I still like to go back to Dr. Moore. People can read his successful homeschool family handbook um, it's all, it, all of his books are condensed into that one volume and his research. And that's, that's the thing. We have gone so far away from actual child development research in our schools now. People are um, astounded when I tell them that kindergarten is the new second grade. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually abusive. And I think children are being badly harmed by the um, acceleration of our schools. So that's another podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> we, we had read Dr. Moore, um, read the successful homeschool handbook. We, we had the, the phenomenal benefit of knowing Dr. Moore and John Taylor Gatto. We've, we've met with these people. We've had meetings with these people. We've had social interaction with these people. And Samuel Blumenfeld. And, and there too. So we were lucky to be exposed to some of the true homeschool pioneers mm -hmm. that, that really had a phenomenal influence on our attitudes. Now, we were, were both born with this desire for independence and nonconformity. We can get by with it, <laughs> you know. I think that's why we're such good friends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so we're taking those gifts that God gave us to, and 
and, and, and the exposure to certain people along the way that really made EIE what it is today. I have to, I, I think I should throw this little thing in because I think it may be helpful to some people. Um, Tylene struggled a lot when she was little with academic things. She was absolutely brilliant in Arts. music or in anything um, athletic, but academics, not so much. And I, I, I had a lot of moments where I was really worried and I would pray and ask God, am I doing the right thing? Okay. And so I would pray mm-hmm. and ask God, am I doing the right thing? Please show me what to do. And I'm not kidding you. Every single time, within a short time, something was put in front of me. It could be a, a person like Samuel Blumenfeld. It could be a book like one of Dr. Moore's, or I spoke with Dr. Moore, or it, it could be some something else would show me that in no uncertain terms, I must continue homeschooling and I was doing the right thing. And I think a lot of times people just get very, very afraid if they think that their children are not doing exactly what the kid next door in the public school is doing, and they shouldn't. They, they need to look for, do some research, talk to people, find, find experienced homeschoolers that can give them a little guidance. But, um, but isn't that the reason we bring them home? Because we don't want our kids to look like and act like and sound like kids that are coming out of the institution that we call schooling, right? So, yeah, so when moms tell me that, that, you know, but they're not learning this or they're they're not doing what, you know, his best friend's doing in fourth grade, I'm like, I think that's a good thing. I think that's going to be a good thing in the long run. Yes, you are so right. Well, to continue with the original question, we started – EIE in a spare bedroom at our home. <laughs> Love it. And we had a little bookstore there. Then this gal gives us a call. Her name is Jill Wilcox. Love Jill. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She, she calls Carolyn and says, you know, I'm a science teacher. I want to teach science. And all these other homeschool people don't want to give me the time of day. And so we said, Come on up. And so she started Science to You on our deck. Five students. Deck. Five students on our outdoor deck. <laughs> we didn't have room inside. <laughs> and so if it rained, we did move into the dining room. Right. But here we have EIE and Jill Wilcox. Both we found each other. Mm-hmm. Divine intervention, I'm sure. And it was amazing to watch the growth. And then we moved into this little 400 square foot um, little office at the Dudson Business Park. And we had this little room where we, we crammed Jill into this little area. I mean, the kids were sitting- uh, Shoulder to shoulder. Six millimeters apart, <laughs> not six feet. <laughs> so, we just progressed and then we went from that small office building to another building a little bit quick, bigger, 800 square feet. And then we went to 1500 square feet 
and then we knocked the wall and took out another 1,500 square feet, and that's where we're at today. Not only did we expand physically, but we expand emotionally, and our dedication just kept on growing with the time. And so we don't mind being the, the what, what I call the homeschool pioneer. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, how have you seen the trends in home, home education change over the years? And what do you think are some of the benefits of these changes? Okay. The, the biggest challenge we see is that the original protocols of homeschool are disappearing. And we're part of the problem, EIE, because we started doing classes. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> and, and certain people we know started having classes. And now there's so many pods and so many support group classes out there that it's migrating more towards school at home or than yep. homeschooling. And, and that's the one thing we find kind of disappointing because a lot of the parents, they're not able to tap into their own creative juices. They're not able to, to cross that barrier called fear. And we find that the quality of homeschool education actually was very good back in the day. Yep. And the, see, the purpose of homeschooling should be creating a love of learning for and with your children. And over time, for your children to be able to teach themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, it's nice to have the Jills of the world, like when you study biology, you know, it, it, it does benefit a lot of people. And, it's, and it keeps a lot of the people who are um, more of the refugee kind of homeschooler, that they've been kind of kicked out of the system for many reasons. So now we have um, parents and kids who are able to have that interaction with other people, but I think also they lose the the ability to teach themselves and to become self-learners. That's that's probably the biggest change we've seen that, you know, everything's a two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. There's pluses and minuses to classes, to the enormous proliferation of homeschool materials and curriculum mm-hmm. did not exist for us. We, we had some choices of pre-made curriculum, but it was all too expensive for me to even think about. And so, and, and most of my friends, truthfully, mm-hmm. um, it, it was, Figure it out yourself, you know, create create a unit study. You want to know about about astronomy? Hey, go down to the um, Griffith Observatory and get a book at the library about the stars and look at them at night. And, you know, very um, hands-on organic. That's what most of my contemporaries did. I mean, yes, some but I didn't see them that much because some did some curriculum that they bought, but then their kids were just doing that all day, every day. They weren't going on field trips or to the park or whatever. So um, 
I, I think, like he said, the um, being able to choose something that you're fascinated by and study it until you've gotten full and then moving on to the next thing has tremendous value, but people are scared. They're very, very afraid of missing something. And I like to tell them, your child cannot learn everything before he's 18. <laughs> it's not possible. See, the homeschool community has gone through a transformational period of 30 years now. And it started out with the pioneers. And, and we'll call ourselves part of that pioneer class. We went in there, and we took the arrows in the back. We plowed through the wilderness, <laughs> cleared the land, and people started to understand, wow, this is pretty cool. Then we had the settlers. The settlers decided they liked what the pioneers did, and they shared the same value systems. Then yeah. we had the refugees during that time period when everybody's getting crazy on being like little Pharisees. and Zero tolerance is yeah, what it was Yeah, zero called. tolerance. So these people came to homeschooling because they were kind of kicked out of the public school system. They can't afford the private, so they came to homeschooling. Then we have the entitlement phase. That's the charters. Well, I pay taxes, therefore I should join the charter and get all this money so I can buy books or go to Disneyland. And now we're, we're in the escapee phase because <laughs> the people are trying to escape from a system that wants to physically harm your child via vaccines and masks. Two, they want to harm your child via psychology because they're getting into gender confusion and they're taking away the power of the parents. So we're seeing this big influx of escapees. And every one of these phases has a different uh, protocol. And we're finding too much formality, not enough informality. Mm -hmm. I would love to see more exploration. And I want to see kids graduating with 300 to 350 units, not the cookie cutter 220. I want them to have work experience. I want them to create businesses. This is all going back to the pioneer side with Raymond Moore and his, his philosophy. The Moore formula, so, which was one-third study, one-third service, and one-third work. And by work, he meant real work that you get paid for. That was my go-to book. So every summer I would sit on the beach and that's what I would read to get myself ready for another year of homeschooling. Yeah. I loved yeah. that book. It was exactly. so old and tattered. That's so. good. He He's sitting up there looking down on you going, <laughs> yeah, girl, way to go. <laughs> that is that. That and Sally Clarkson. Anything Sally Clarkson wrote, I devoured that and reread it and reread it. But I love yeah. Dr. Moore, so... And, and yes. the whole thing with the, the classes, it's just so when moms come, you know, and they, they want to know about homeschooling and what they can do, they're just so surprised when I tell them, but you don't need to find a co-op for classes. If your, your kid is interested in this, just invite his friends over and you guys learn it together. Like you don't have to yeah. have a class for science. Exactly. You don't have to have a class exactly. for history. Um, you and, can have uh, a class for something you have no clue no about, like <laughs> Latin. <you know? laughs> 
Yep. And people are just so surprised because, you know, like you guys, we offer classes. Um, but that's because I think when you called it the each, each group has their own protocol. I like to say each new group or new generation of homeschoolers has their own personality. Yes. Okay. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so yeah, right now the personality, right, is more of um, I don't really think I can do this. So my kid has to take the science class with this person and they have to take this writing class with this person. And and I just sit there and say, no, they really don't. You can do it all at home together as a family and then have them maybe take violin because maybe you can't play violin. Okay. Or <laughs> maybe take an art class because that's exactly. what they're really good at. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that is, for me, that's one of the big um, trends of farming out. I feel like there's just a little too much farming out and, and mama's not being confident enough in their calling that God has given them. That if God gave them this calling, there's a reason and yeah. God's going to work through them, through the messes and through. <laughs> what's really, oh, right. Absolutely. What's really exciting though, we're getting some of our graduates from 20, 25 years ago bringing in their children. And now we're getting the second, third generation coming in. We're getting grandparents bringing their kids in that were part of our school back in the beginning. So we, we like to see that tradition go from generation to generation. It's a uh, love of learning is all important. Mm -hmm. And I think if people look at what they're doing and if their kids hate it, <laughs> guess what? They're not developing a love of learning. And if you don't have a love of learning and everybody loves learning something, right? right? You, you know, but they're not all the same things. They're not cookie cutter. People aren't cookie cutter. You know, they're not mm -hmm. stamped out of a mold. And if, people they should just look at what they're doing and if it's unpleasant if there's always a fight you know dr moore said it should not be stressful if it's stressful something needs to change yeah it, it's it's kind of amazing when you look at all of that and if, if another thing we really emphasize is throw away scope and sequence and quit judging your child's grade by age. We believe in mastery. Mm -hmm. You don't leave it until you've mastered it. And if you do it that way, you have a straight A student. Like in high school, let's say your high school student takes a year and a half to finish algebra one. But that's, a, that's an A student now. Mm -hmm. I will give one year credit. Mm -hmm. I won't give them a year and a half. I give them a year. A year. But then next year, they take geometry and they ace that thing in half a year. Give them a full year of credit. Right. Because they've mastered it. But my objective is to look at the transcript. See, when, when your student turns 18 or 17, my job goes from nurturing, promoting, all that good stuff. Now I have to be a salesman. I have to sell that student. I'm going to sell that student to either HR or admissions. And my number one advertising campaign is the transcript. And I want that transcript to be so much different than Arcadia High School, San Marino, where they have 220 units. They've got all the A to Gs knocked down. They all look the same. There's no difference. They have 4.2 GPA. And 
So who cares? So I want my kids to have 300 units. I want them to have college courses if they're heading for college. I, I want to work toward the dream. Now, if the dream is to be a mechanic, I'm not going to have them take trig and calculus. Right. They don't have to slice and dice the kitty cat. <laughs> There's ways to satisfy. The, the, oh, Wait, let's clarify that. They don't have to slice and dice the preserved kitty cat that's required in biology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. You're not going to let me throw in roadkill? Oh, yeah, we, you know, just in case they're thinking those homeschoolers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we want them to follow their dream. But we also don't want them to be stuck in this protocol. And we've had kids graduate with their AA degrees and their high school diploma same week. Two and a half, three years ago, we had one kid has bachelor's degree. That's amazing. Before he had his driver's license. So we <laughs> have the freedom to do all these things. And we talked a little bit earlier about what changes have occurred. One of the biggest changes has been the uh, charters. I think the charters do provide some people some benefits, which is nice, but I'm seeing a transformation of charters being more and more controlling. And they're not allowing as much freedom for kids to do what they want. And definitely you're not gonna be able to take a vacation in February for three weeks if you're in a charter <laughs> that ain't gonna happen and so like i have uh, one family who's going to um this summer you know we're talking about art classes they're going to go to to uh, paris and and parts of europe and study all the art museums so why sit in the classroom when you can do that that's expensive expensive class but that's one expensive know, field trip. Yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but we want we want our families to feel empowered. We want the kids to feel empowered and to pursue their dream. We want them to take and identify their interest. That's something they want to spend time on. And we want them to have identify their talent, things that come easy. If it comes together, now we have passion. Yep. And if we can convert passion into a career path, wow, that's even better. Now we have a happy camper when they're 35 years old. I love it. Okay, so that's such a great segue into my, my last kind of question I wanted to discuss with you guys. And it's, it's the one for those mamas out there who either one, they're still on the fence, right? And they're trying to think, I, I don't think I can do this, but I feel like God's calling me to do it. Um, or like you called them the refugee or <laughs> the one that's right. trying to escape. Um, or the mamas that were like me, where I knew I was in it for the long haul, but there were seasons where I really felt like I was on a ledge. And if it wasn't for, you know, mentors like you guys pulling me down off the ledge, you know, yeah. I would have jumped off the homeschooling cliff and said, I'm done with this. What do you think, uh, talk to the moms out there, what do you think is the best part of educating your children at home? And what are the biggest blessings that come with it? Okay, number one. Yes. Since we're broadcasting to a, probably a very large Christian community, I believe that your duty as a parent is to ensure eternal salvation. It's not going to happen now in the public school system. 
And the private school system is getting as woke as anywhere else. So you got to look at that being the first primary goal. Then you have to look at the relationship between the parent and the child. If your child's in a negative environment or where there's a lot of teen pressures on that child, we're going to have a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. So you might as well eliminate that conflict if you can by bringing the kid home and really experiencing the family, exactly how families should be. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a great relationship between the two of us and we have a good relationship with our girls. We've, we've been able to combine parenting and friendship and there is yeah. an intersection somewhere. And so those are two reasons that I would look at. And Carolyn, what do you think? Well, yes, obviously those those are those are top. Um, <clears throat> most people don't don't know this, but there was no such thing as a teenager in the eighteen hundreds. That is correct. <laughs> there, they people were, were considered young adults by the time they were fourteen. And they either went to, uh, at, at 14 or between 14 and 16, they either went to college, if, and th- that's very, very few, or they went into the workforce and started preparing, started learning the trade, started learning whatever business they were, um, had decided on. And this idea of teenage rebellion and so on, it, it didn't exist. It exists now because of the artificial extension of childhood, which is being pushed later and later and later. You don't have to have that if you're homeschooling. Right. You you may not send your kid to college at 14, <laughs> but and and or throw them out <laughs> to learn a trade, but your child can start to grow into an adult much earlier. I was listening, somebody on the radio today, I I was interviewing um, somebody, um, it was, he was a college professor and he was, they were talking about homeschooling and they threw up the socialization thing. Mm -hmm. And this college professor had homeschooled his own kids for, I think, 17 years. And he said, actually, it's the opposite. Homeschool Mm -hmm. kids are the ones that can step out in the world, can interact with people of all ages easily. And yet people don't realize that. So I think this First of all, that's one of their biggest worries because it's the mantra of the other side is what about socialization? But it's actually the opposite is true. I would worry about the kid who goes to school and whether or not they can operate easily in society. Uh, So you have that as a tremendous, tremendous advantage. And kids will have time, time to explore time to try out 
different areas of learning, different areas of expertise, the arts, whatever. There's so many things that kids in school don't have time to, to do that. And so honestly, I could go on all day about the advantages, but the, the family, um, it is top. It's really huge. Um, and another thing that's really critical, I, I want parents to understand this more than anything else. And that is work for your child's dream, yeah. not your dream where you want your child to be. Awesome. Because, if, because what happens, we, we want our kids to be doctors and lawyers and all that kind of stuff. And the kid doesn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer. He wants to be a mechanic, a plumber, a forest ranger. Um, I mean, I, I look at one of our students. I remember succinctly, and I, I, I met Jacob. He's like five years old. And I said, Jacob, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be Elvis. And he's Elvis now. Huh? He is. He's one of the, <laughs> he is. He's one of the top um, performing Elvis tribute artists in the country today. And Love his it. little brother now has discovered acting. And so these kids had a dream. My daughter had a dream. Mm-hmm. I would have destroyed her if I said, no, baby, you got to be a lawyer. Because you know how to argue. <laughs> <laughs> that was her backup. That was her backup. She said, if, if I can't fly because I lose my medical, you know, you have to pass a certain medical to, to have pilot's license. She said, if, if I ever lose my medical... Uh, I'm going to be a, a lawyer, <laughs> and she would have been great. <laughs> She'd been a constitutionalist lawyer. But the thing is, we got to work for the kids' dream, not for what we want. Right. We can't create the doctor for lifetime medical benefits. We cannot have that lawyer for lifetime uh, legal advice. No, they might have other things that are what God wants them to be, what what they want to be. Yeah, so, that's perfect. You know, I, whenever I asked a parent, I said, where do you think your child wants to be at age 25? Not where they want them to be outside of being out of the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that but, is perfect. That is like the best advice um, to give and for us to kind of end this on. I just so appreciate you guys. Thank you for being such oh, pioneers. Awesome. Thank you for being the OG of homeschooling here in Southern California. (laughs) And thanks for being my friend and mentor. I really appreciate it. Yes. Well, we appreciate your friendship and we do too. We have to, we have to give all the credit to God because this is not planned. Okay. We didn't plan (laughs) to do this. Neither one of us planned this. It's just, was given to us. We go, okay. (laughs) Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this special coffee break with Carolyn and Marty Forte of Excellence in Education Resource Center. If this is your first time joining us, you can find me at my new and improved website, coffeewithcarry.org. And I also share daily devotions and homeschooling tips at my Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. And don't forget to check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify and streamline your homeschooling, this is definitely a book to read. Now, if you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week. 
if or when you need any homeschooling resources or advice, make sure you check out their website and resource center too, Excellence in Education. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and my book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.